did you get into? I can't help nobody. Do you recognize anyone in this courtroom? I know what I can get away with. He put everyone in jail. He's got like a whole city wanting to kill him. Karim, Jeff in Vegas, good afternoon. Great to meet you, Jeff. Thank you for the time. Man, what a thrilling documentary. I don't know if that's the right word, you know, but I, <laughs> I I'm just been fascinated with this, with Takashi 69 since I first saw Gummo, you know, and, you know, regardless of what you think of him personally, just an amazing story, his rise to fame. And, and, and what I find fascinating, I love how you go into his early life because he started as a bodega clerk in Brooklyn, Brooklyn mm -hmm. and everybody starts as a nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I think I think the story, you know, is I don't even consider this a music doc. I think the story is so much is so much bigger than than Takashi. I think this this project is uh, is really about um, you know our society, right? Like, how does somebody this toxic thrive? How do they emerge? How do they grow to prominence? I think that's a really a really fascinating and important conversation to have right now. So, so that's kind of the approach with, with the whole project. I think people, uh, fans are, are thirsty for his early days. You know, what was he like? And you explore his rough childhood. You got his biological father to come on camera. Was that a challenge? Um, the whole project was a challenge, but I think, you know, our, the production team at, 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 at Lightbox, um, along with our partners at Imagine and Rolling Stone, everyone was just incredible. And I think from the beginning, we knew that this was a project that, it, it is a controversial project and it is a project that we um, we didn't want to glorify Takashi. We didn't want to tell a straightforward Takashi film at all. It needed to say something bigger. It needed to be a larger commentary about our society. So, Yeah, because I, I thought that it was interesting that, you know, Takashi, he's Daniel Hernandez is playing a character, right? I mean, Takashi is not him. It's a persona. Right. And I think that's, that's what the entire project's about, right? It's this idea of manufactured celebrity. You know, it's like, you know, and, and, and I think that's the larger conversation that we're, we're hoping to spark in, in the culture is like, there are manufactured celebrities in politics, there's manufactured celebrities in pop culture, because everybody has their own platform now, right? And I think, you know, this project is not, is so, it's very similar to, the, to a film like The Joker, right? It's like, nobody watches The Joker saying, well, I wonder if that guy was a good guy or a bad guy. You know, we're taking the stance that this is not a, a, a moral human being. And we're saying, okay, why? Like, let's have another conversation. I don't think the conversation is about just his story. It's about everything else. Right, exactly. Because he's the first internet rapper to use and take social media by storm. I mean, and SoundCloud, no need for record companies anymore. All about self-promotion. Yeah. I mean, you could teach a college course on what he's done in just a short few years. Right. And, it, and, and you're seeing this happen all over the place, right? Like you're seeing this happen in politics. You're seeing this happen in pop culture. You're seeing it it's it's just the time we're living in. And I think that's why this project is so important is it's a capsule into what is happening right now in our culture. There's people who have their own platforms who want to be famous and who want to pa want power or want whatever they want, right? Whatever their ultimate goal is. And these platforms enable them to, there's no more gatekeepers. When you have your own platform, you can go and do the crazy shit ever. And he does. You know, yeah. <laughs> he absolutely does. Totally. Because he's a tech kid in a digital age. And I thought that was fascinating that when you hear him in interviews and his music, you kind of dismiss it as, a, as kind of like an uneducated, you know, but he's not. He's just, he really knows how to work right. digital media. I thought that was fascinating. Also, you got Sarah, you know, talk of his first girlfriend to talk. So yeah. was, was that uh, an easy task or because I know she's very protective and. 
She no, they they're not on great terms, you know. I think um, there's a lot of things that happen between them, but and you'll find out. You know, people will find that out in the show. But a lot, you know, everyone was difficult to to sit down. Nobody wants to talk about the deeply traumatizing experiences that they've had. But I think our our approach is a very human approach. A lot of times we had just conversations with people off the record, or grab coffee with people, or grab drinks with people. Obviously, before the pandemic, and our approach was really like, all right, let's let's explain to people that we are not trying to just capitalize on this person. And the story, we are trying to use this story to make a statement about the times. And I think once a lot of people close to him realized like, okay, cool, that's like actually a very, that's really interesting that you guys are doing that. I think they were much more receptive to sitting down and, and having a conversation. And I found it fascinating that he's a Trump supporter. I mean, what is it with rappers being Trump supporters? I mean, they really don't <laughs> yeah. watch the news. They don't know what they're saying when they say that, right? <laughs> well, I wouldn't generalize all rappers. I think there's a lot of rappers out there that, that um, you know, are incredible voices for the culture and are very well informed and are advocates for a lot of change and um you know but i think a guy like takashi like you know people will be able to see this in the film and he talks and in, in the, the interviews that we acquired he talks about it but he was obsessed with trump in the film because the two of them are the same like that and there's a lot of parallels that appear throughout the show that i think viewers will find fascinating is both of their rise like both takashi and trump rose through the same tactics jarring ridiculous antics online to get people to look and stare and be amused until it wasn't funny anymore right and i think that is the whole project i think a lot of people it'll a light bulb is going to go off halfway through the series where it's like holy shit i'm literally watching the rise of trump which is also the rise of takashi yeah because takashi used instagram and trump used twitter you know right but but yeah but trump's not spelling the thing the thing that i think is interesting is they're both hyper calculated takashi 69 everything he did on these online platforms is hyper calculated Everything Trump does on these online platforms, whether it's spelling Kansas City wrong or a tweet or this and that, those aren't like accidents. Those are hyper-calculated strategic moves so that the message gets retweeted and talked about. And as long as you're in the conversation, you're relevant. And I think that's what some of these figures have, have realized, these supervillains. And tell me about working with Brian Grazer. Brian and, and the team at Imagine are, are, are incredible. I think, you know, you know, the 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 his work speaks for itself, you know, and imagine is, is just such a, a incredible group of, of, of minds, like the way people think it's, it's, it really challenges you as a filmmaker, right? Where it's, you know, the, from, from when you're getting notes to the conceptualizing and the discussions and all these things are really, they're high level discussions. And I think that's what you get when you work with um, really top tier producers. And that goes for the entire team at Lightbox as well with Jonathan Chin and um, the entire team at Rolling Stone and even Peter Scalatar, the showrunner, who's, phenomenal and just incredible creative partner and finally today Karim, uh can we count him out he seems to have fizzled a little bit since he came back out and since he got out of jail but you think fans have grown weary or are they gonna stick by him i think and that's what the third episode i think really explores is so i think he, the cycle of a supervillain begins with stark this is kind of what i looked at when mapping out the joker trump takashi like all the villains of our culture there's a there's a common cycle that exists and that cycle is it begins as, ah, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just, oh, that guy's hilarious. That guy is funny. I love watching that guy. He's amusing. That soon transforms to, oh shit. Like this person is really kind of like creating a, a mess. Like they're creating a they're creating havoc. And then eventually we get so used to their antics with Trump, with Takashi, that we become desensitized. So what's happening right now is that third part where we get desensitized. And then the result of that is that they just fade into irrelevance. 
Donald Trump has faded into irrelevance. The guy six nine has faded into irrelevance. You know, I think they'll do like twenty million views, or whatever, on a project, but fans aren't going to go out and buy his sweatshirts and merchandise and buy tickets to the shows and all these things. You know, so so it's a cycle. Fascinating documentary. I really enjoyed it. I love how you just my imagination at the end. I thought that was <laughs> that was a nice little double that you did there. Thank you. In Takashi's head. Also, uh, you know, I have Giancarlo doing the narration. Just fantastic. So thank you. Very, very, very intriguing documentary. I can't wait to see you do next. And thank you for talking to me today. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time, Jeff.